Hey, George, how are you? Hey, Harry, I'm doing good. How are you? Not bad, not bad. So, um, real quick, um, uh, as far as sort of from my side, George is a guy that I met through my sister when I lived in Portland. And um, his wife was working uh, with my sister uh, for a number of years uh, in her clinic. And, you know, I see George every so often kind of come in and, and pick her up and go and leave and whatever not. So I, and I, I got along well with his wife and I guess it's kind of just a natural progression. Uh, you and I sort of just started talking one day and, and realized we have a lot of similar interests and, and sort of similar kind of views on things. And we just sort of hit it off. So does that sound about right to you? <laughs> yeah, we hit it off right away. We were just so easy to talk to. It was like we knew each other, you know, for years before. Right, exactly, exactly. So, you know. Um, okay, so this is going to be uh, a segment I like to call five to seven, where I sort of shoot five to seven questions at you. And, um, well. Uh, like Heinz 57 it's, it's, sauce? Heinz 57, exactly. Five to seven. <laughs> yeah, except, not the ketchup. Except, <laughs> not the, not, you, you don't want that stuff. You want the, the actual the actual sauce. So, um, Okay. So this one's kind of a hard one I start with okay. because it's 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 because of the time constraints. But I mean, you know, you don't have to give me a, a full. But basically what I'm going to ask you is give me a full five minutes of who you are and what you're most proud of. Okay. Who and am this I? This doesn't have to be five minutes, but, you know, yeah. yeah. Who are you? Um, let me see. Well, I identify with... Uh... I don't know, I'd say like basically kind of a easygoing live and let live kind of guy socially. Um, I think that I'm an adventurer and I've always wanted to be an adventurer. If there's, there was a career in exploring, I probably would have taken that career right away because I like to see new places. I like to, I like to go out into the unknown and like see what happens. And so sort of, you know, throw a backpack on and I'm going to go northeast into the Amazon and see what happens and see what I find. And in some or... ways, yeah, I mean, that <laughs> always interests me, you know, that into the wild kind of thing, you know, um, and who knows, I still might, you know, be able to do that. But mainly I'm kind of um, just kind of uh, traveling, not really like going into too much unknown right now. You know, I don't know. Uh, like going into three days hiking into a, a park, you know, and, you know, having everything on your back. I mean, that interests me. It does, but I haven't yet to do that. It seems like other things have kind of, other adventures have gotten in the way, if you will. Right. And right. life happens being, when you're making other plans, basically. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like my adventures kind of involve a little bit of adrenaline kind of thing. So I've always been active and, I've always been on the move and, you know, besides being adventurer, I always was into like, you know, being physical and, you know, doing physical things that required coordination, you know, not so much team sports, although I did a lot of team sports growing up and I did enjoy football, padded football, probably the most, um, but gotcha, you know, stuff that I always look for something that kind of hit my buttons and a lot of it had to do with water growing up. So, you know, I'd be the That's one to get, when I was a kid growing up, we would go to Ocean City, Maryland, and and I would swim 
right into the ocean and I get rescued by the lifeguard probably pretty much every other day. I knew them quite a lot and they would, cause I would just keep going. They'd be blowing their whistle at me. I'm like, no, I'm heading out to the, you know, where the, where the water turns dark. <laughs> I want to go to China. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just felt yeah. so comfortable. You know, I'd get my butt handed to me by waves. Cause I was probably like six, you know, seven at the time. So I'm like, what? Wow. Three foot five. And those waves aren't that big at Maryland, but they would come and just like, you know, like they would, to me, I, my memories and, and I still have dreams about them looking like tidal waves and I'd run through the washing machine, get slammed on the sand, come back up and be like, hey, let's do it again. Right, right. Water is powerful, man. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, uh, I remember myself um, being full size, being you know the height I am and the weight that I am now and I was in Mexico and I remember just sort of swimming out and a one wave that I just I didn't see I was kind of facing the other way and I as I turned my head and as I turned my head the wave hit me and I remember just I don't think it was big wave tones probably maybe a foot taller than my head so maybe about six and a half feet or whatever seven feet it hit me and it slammed me down right all the way to the ground and I remember tumbling and tumbling and tumbling and then I ended up like halfway up on the sh on the beach all of a sudden I'm looking around I'm like what the heck just <laughs> happened and you know emptying about four pounds of sand from my you know <laughs> trunks and which was always a good time but um yeah so what do you do right now then so you're an adventurer you're 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 physical you're adrenaline what do you do for a living oh I, I'm a science teacher and that goes like uh while so back. how did that I mean, pan out? Yeah. Well, at first I wanted to be a airplane pilot, you know, because um, being, but then it seemed like at the time for the eighties, you didn't have many options to be a, a pilot, either were career military, or you had to like go in debt for like two hundred thousand dollars at a school in Florida. So, and then I kind of like thought about it. I'm like, well, I like because I grew up, and when I was sixteen, I made it through like half my pilot's license lessons. That's all I could afford because I ran out of money and I had to go back to high school. But during the summers, I took pilot's lessons and I really enjoyed it. But then I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, well, I don't really want to be a bus driver in the air. You know what I mean? <laughs> it kind of get kind of tedious or like, you know, the mailman of the sky. I mean, like I, I didn't want my fun things to be to turn into monotony. So I kind of gave up on that. And then the second thing I was looking for is. I knew I wanted to be in service. I wanted to have a career where I'd be in service to people in some sort. Um, not not things that made money. You know, I knew I wanted to make money to be, you know, not rich, but, you know, be comfortable and do the things I want. But I didn't need to have any draw to, like, you know, go do the corporate thing and or go into a career that's just going to make money at the expense of, you know, maybe compromising you know, your, your morals or, you know, your conscious and things like that. So I knew I wanted to be into the service industry. So I kind of dabbled at first. I'm like, well, medical field sounds pretty cool. So I dabbled into thinking of becoming an EMT. And I got to the point where I did some stints at hospitals and in ERs and worked there. And I decided like, that was like a little bit much for me. I don't know if it was the experiences that I had, which were kind of hairy, you know, or just yeah. all the responsibility of just this person's every day, you're going to have somebody whose life is in your hand and you're not a trained doctor. You need to get them to point B and stay alive. So at that well, point, that's... I found that. 
I mean, talk about adrenaline rush, though. I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, but it was in a different way. It didn't hit me like, you know, I think my adrenaline comes from momentum and gravity and light. But psychologically, you know, that was like, you know, at the time I was like, no, this is maybe it was the experiences I had were a little bit too much for that time in my life. I was like, okay, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. So, you know, I still was interested in being, you know, a, ser- a career of service to people. So then I think, well, why not be a, a, my uncle, he was a forest ranger for a long time. So I kind of thought about that, you know, and then I just, you know, decided you know, well, I'm going to college. I'll go to college and take classes and, you know, see what pops up, you know, maybe like did a lot of ecology, you know, then I just started taking classes that I liked and I liked chemistry. And so I took a bunch of those classes and, you know, and I was like, well, you know, chemistry is pretty cool, but I don't really want to work in a lab, you know, so, and then right, this thing right. popped up where, oh, we need people to tutor uh, middle school kids, and you can get credit for it. I'm like, oh, free credit? Sign me up, you know, sounds cool. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> so I went there, and and I was, I tutored these middle school kids at the time, and, and I was really good at it, and I really enjoyed it. I had a good time, and they were very receptive and everybody like always looked forward to me coming there and, you know, and, and I felt like it came easy to me and, and it was like, felt like I was actually, you know, making a difference more than like being the EMT or the other thing. So I kind of felt it and I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know? So that kind of led me to, you know, maybe this is something I want to get into because my mom was a teacher and I was like, well, you know, whatever. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but it's like, well, maybe I'll try, you know, I still want to do some science classes, but I still interested in this teaching thing. And so, you know, one thing led to the other and, you know, eventually I became a science teacher for that. And Wow. So my, what I'm pulling away from that is, is Two things, I guess you could. Um, well, let's. The main thing is I kind of pulled away from that. Is is your corporate life to you seems, you know, suit and tie. It almost seems like a prison. I mean, yeah, at least that's as another far thing. as the impression that I got from you. Yeah, another thing I forgot to mention is I don't work well with others, and I have authority issues. So whatever career I would to have, I would need to be either in charge or by myself. That was another thing of like looking at careers as well a career in service where like i couldn't work close to close with people i would probably get fired because i'm not that political with p i i'm i i'm real when i talk so that doesn't work when you're playing politics in like office environments so, right right yeah i yeah. knew i wasn't gonna be successful in doing the like fake that. laugh and everything yeah 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 or like Fair you enough. know doing that kind of stuff but so what would you say you're most proud of then? Um, proud of, you know, I could say like how successful my daughter is, but really I, you know, I don't have any point of like, you know, I know I raised her really well and, but I don't know exactly what I did. Like I'm kind of, you know, I, I obviously had an effect. I just showed it, up you know, and there she I'm, was. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm overly proud of, you know, her and, you know, and I'm proud that, you know, that I had this effect on her. I couldn't tell you the points. It's more of like a day to day kind of, you know, like parenting is like how you relate day to day is what it all sums up to, you know, in the end. So it's not really like think- a pinpoint kind yeah. of thing. 
it's kind of a, a a fortitude kind of thing you know do you think your do you think your experience from teaching for so long kind of lended towards your um your interactions with your daughter because you you kind of have i mean you have to guide at school so you know with your own daughter was it did it just sort of come naturally or or like everybody else you kind of just sort of fumbled through it it came naturally and i have different parameters of how i you know guide and raise up students at work you know compared to like the personal you know having your own kid i may be a little more tougher on gracie you know than or you know not be as tactful as i would at you know with the students at work you know but yeah it did come kind of naturally and it was easy at some, you know, some points it's not, you know, there was the eight, you know, the age, the old age that I teach kids, you know, from sixth yeah. grade to like eighth grade, that was a little bit challenging. And there were some ups and downs and things, but everything all worked out. And like, she's could be, couldn't be more, I couldn't be like more proud of her than I am now. Like she's got her shit so much more together than I did. I'm like, Holy crap. Like, yeah, I've, she, I've noticed... she's already there at this point. She's going to be like, wherever she wants to go because to me when i was her age i was just i was still skateboarding going to comic book stores and just like i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do <laughs> yeah i um you know i look at i look at my son um he's only you know he's only eight and i remember myself at eight and i was not as advanced as he was not even close now granted you know, you and I grew up in a different era. We grew up in a very sort of, we grew up more in like the sort of industrial manufacturing kind of age, as mm-hmm. opposed to nowadays, which is more of an information age. And, and you know, these kids more are just... More free-range parenting. <laughs> more, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Not my parents. My parents were definitely not free-range. But oh, okay. um, um, as far as, I guess, I mean, they're consistently pelted with information because of everything that's happened around us. You know, we're... we're internet and you know the streaming and the youtubes and the social media and, and and it's just it's it's like data 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 in your face and amazingly enough you know uh the kids nowadays are sort of you know they're they're disseminating that information and they're getting what they need out of it i mean it may not necessarily be the right thing or or you know the most wisest thing but they're able to kind of you know uh filter a lot of this data and and pull out some sort of personality from it <laughs> mm-hmm. you know um okay uh I, gotta, I here's a question for you well i what could continue there's a yeah go ahead so other things i've been proud of i kind of did oh yeah please with, with your questions <laughs> I yeah, yeah, I go ahead, to your podcast okay. yeah, yeah so other things that i'm proud of myself for doing is like i've never compromised anything where i have regrets for also i've always i for every goal i've ever made for myself i've reached it whether it wow was like taking pilots lessons when i was a kid and of course college and stuff but then other personal like my you know being a musician i studied guitar i practiced guitar i got into a band i re- wrote songs i recorded a cd I got sought out by booking agents to book me that, you know, went through the whole thing. And I was proud of that. And that was like a know, 10, 15 year kind of part of my life. And I was really proud about that. And then another thing, you know, being a teacher, I didn't make too much money. And when I, in Oregon, first five years, I saw this sport called kiteboarding. 
And ah, yes. I was like, I need to do this. This is like, I used to fly in the 80s and 84, I used to fly two line stunt kites and I used to skateboard. And maybe if I would have put those two together, I'd be owning my own kite company by now. But, you know, again, I wasn't so savvy. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and then I saw it and then I said, I'm going to do that. And I don't know, you know, you think about law of attraction, you think about being a good person, but things just started falling like even with the musician stuff i met people you know i got access to things if there was a money problem it just seems to like fall into place the same thing with kiteboarding like the person you know my mom gave me some money to take my first lessons you know and gracie was younger and i wasn't making yeah. you know teachers don't make jack with for your first like 15 years i mean it's chump change wow once you get wow. past that then you you make like at now at 25 years in i'm making i'm decent like but before yeah, that yeah. there was no money for gear so you know i got to right. talk to the owner and he says hey you know we'll give you a couple training courses and you can do some of the intro kite lessons so i'm like yeah so during the summer when i'm not wasn't doing anything and gracie was you know a little bit older and i wasn't taking care of a baby all summer i started doing that and that's where i made money for gear and every year you know i'd make more money for gear and i learned a new uh profession like being able to teach people like something that i'm hardwired for like a sport with momentum and water i mean i was born for that if you know you said my perfect job would be to just teach kiteboarding because i'm really good at it and it's it's kind of a niche thing you know and i'm outside i'm not in a classroom but you don't make too much money teaching you can't support a family and get a retirement on kiteboarding kite yeah but yeah. it really it's, brought it's definitely to, a hobby yeah yeah it brought together what i loved about you know what i'm good about teaching and you know teaching people how to do stuff like science is a teaching how to do stuff in the labs and hands-on kind of activities like that which you know, drew me to be a science teacher more than a reading teacher or a business teacher or something like that. But, you know, just reaching goals and just everything fell into my lap. And then I made a new connection with friends that I have now and I moved to another kite school and, you know, I got all right. the equipment I want, you know, and I get it for cost because I'm into the, I'm in the industry. So do you, you know, uh, it's do kind you of crazy. find yourself, do you find yourself mentally like, you know, the whole sort of thing about putting it out to the universe and, and, and sort of feeling feeling what you want. Do you kind of do you do that in your head? Because I know if there's something that I really want, I, I just I kind of just I sort of close my eyes and I do a, a OK, let's 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 try to make this happen. Let's 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 do this universe. And I kind of I go for it. And, I, you know, sometimes things fall into place and, you know, sometimes they don't. But do you what is your sort of. What's the kind of catalyst do you think that that allows you to sort of have the pieces fall where they in the correct order? Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? I do. You know, and I could like a half of it. I'm going to say is like serendipity and the workings of the universe that are unknown to me. The quantum mechanical part of it, if you will. You right. know, the other is like you know putting yourself out there and like you know like you know the jack who was the first um kite school i worked for he's like you're not going to get any lessons unless you're walking the beach you know it's like so that's kind of a metaphor for you know things you're not you just got to go out there and do it you got to go into that environment you know whatever it is 
whatever little baby steps you want to take towards it. But once you're in that environment, it seems like everything starts kind of like you start to make connections with people, especially if you're like a real person and you're easy to talk to and you got some, you know, and you, you got some, you, you know, you, social skills like that, then, you know, things are just going to kind of like you make those connections through people and the universe gives you everything through these connections with people. And, uh, and I don't, I can't really, that's why I can't really, you know, I do like some kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, visualizations, you know, how you like think about something as if you already got it and you just concentrate on how ecstatic you are for having it. You know, and you can right, do that for right. like winning the lottery and stuff, but that's it's kind of like there's more to it than that. It's like you can't just jump the evil Knievel and jump across the Grand Canyon. You know, you got to jump across, you know, you got to get on the ramp and jump over, you know, a couple blocks first, you know, and but putting yourself yeah. out there, then maybe eventually things kind of come through, you know, and you hear like a lot of stories about how, you know, in the past stories or even how people got to the positions they have. I mean, there's a part of it being in the right place at the right time, but it's also, you know, having the skills to take advantage and having that openness to absorb that kind of communication at those times, you know, and maybe it's just a hardwired thing, maybe, you know, but being there and accepting those kinds of communications and knowing how to react and reacting to them the universe just kind of like provides you those opportunities. It doesn't give you stuff, but it opens up pathways to what you want to do. And sometimes there's multiple pathways. Sometimes there's just one pathway. You kind of don't know where it is. Right. So, so I guess if when the door opens, it's, it's really, you've got to walk through it, you know? Yeah. Just a little bit. Even if you fall on your face, when you walk through the door, Hey, at least you, you made some progress. You're, you're there. You're walking the beach, you know? <laughs> I, which it, ironically that that really kind of leads me to the next question, which I was going to say, what's the best phrase that you've ever heard? Uh, oh, um, well, maybe it, that one? It, it, it's a cliche. So I'm gonna, and it's a cliche from Yoda. Okay. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yep. Do or do not. There is no try. You that's know, outstanding. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> one that, that sticks with me a lot too. Um, what would you say is the worst phrase you've ever heard? Uh, hmm. Worst phrase. Yeah. I would say what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger, but I do believe that too. <laughs> so it's not that one. Um, <laughs> uh, worst phrase. The worst phrase. Yeah. You hear it and you just kind of like, Ugh. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, there's I a can give you an example. Them. I give an example. Okay. I hate uh, it is what it is. I I, is I, it I, is. I I hate that phrase. That's, that's know, a kind is of a shitty is. phrase. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's, maybe I should reword it. What is a shitty phrase? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, it is what it is is a good one. Um, okay. Get with the program. I'm going to go with that one. Get with the program. Mm. Yeah, Have follow you heard, me. Has... Do what I do. Because I told you to get with the program. Yeah, don't get you with your program. Big old foot right in your keister. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's my problem with authority. <laughs> so is it a question of you? So is it a question of following any kind of template? Or is it just a question of like, I could do this myself and I can get 
to the finish line myself without having Pretty to much. sort of do it I your make, way. But more, I make better decisions on majority of things unless they're very technical. Like I'm not, I feel like I have enough confidence and I, I will make decisions better for myself than anybody else could. And, you know, besides like, oh, well, diagnosing like cancer in me or, or some kind of sure. specialized, no, I understand. like, I understand you know, or an yeah. accountant, you know, but overall general of how to live and do things. No, I don't need, no, I don't need any of that. I don't need people to tell me, I usually know how to do things better than most anybody that tells me anything or anybody that is in any kind of leadership um, position over me whether it's at work, like I always knew what was better at work. And I can see through people's emotional needs that are in charge of people and how their decisions are based on their emotional self more than what needs to be done. So I don't, and to me, decisions shouldn't have any kind of emotional connection. If you're trying to get something, the way you relate to people shouldn't be because you lack the emotional capacity to um, feel good about yourself in other ways that you have to like be in, in this position of power just to be in a position of power. And it ranges from there, but usually I see all leaders, like most of them, except for the, I'm, the not all of them, I'm going to say like 2% of the leaders and bosses, authority figures in my life have been legit. But then, you know, 98% right. have it. 98% are, are, they're fault, they're fallible. They, do you think it's a question do, of like a, a lack of emotional intelligence? I, no, I think they're emotionally damaged. And I think from something in their life, they haven't really made, come to terms with, or it's a scar that they're, they're, and it's not constant in every decision that they make, but a lot of that comes up in decisions with other people how it's reactive or it's emotionally based to that's emotionally self-serving to them more than it is to um, get the reach the goal of whatever the goal is in that particular, you know, work environment or, you know, any environment. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, you know, it doesn't always have to be stick with the facts kind of thing or, or just try to be logical about things. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be bad either. I mean, you can have people like, you know, like I have you know, worked for kite school people and, you know, and I could say how to run their business a little bit better and I do and they agree and yet they still follow their same behavioral patterns that, you know, isn't bringing them the success they want. But then you can't just keep repeating it, you know, because then it affects your friendship too, you know, or your relationship with that person. You can only say things so many times before it's just an annoyance and they know they're not going to change or they think they might, but they're not going to change. And you bringing that up to them just, just hurts the relationship. So you're like, you just give them positive energy instead. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you know what, George, it is, it's tough to, to introduce culture change, um, especially with, you know, especially when it comes to business, because usually that business is, you know, you know, their baby and, you know, they've cultivated that baby and they've gotten it to this point and, you know, they feel maybe they know what's best for that baby, but, you know, I guess that's not always the case, right? Well, no, you're, you're right. I mean, that could be a, like, if it's their business, yeah, that's their baby. And, you know, however, that's like, yeah, the, 
the person I'm talking about, like he, yeah, it was his, his school. I mean, he was running it, you know, and it's another emotional connection, you know, where you can't like make logic from, you know, if there's like emotions that are under the surface of the behavior that's affecting the business, you know, you, you can't reach that. You can mention it, but I'm, you know, we're not psychologists or psychiatrists, you know, and we want to still, we want to have good energy with this person. So, you know, it's kind of hard right. to really identify that. You just let it roll and you kind of hope for the best and give them positive energy when you can. If it's that gotcha. kind of relationship, if it's not like a power hungry kind of, you know, or a, or a, inept leader that's in position just because you know they know people and stuff like that <laughs> gotcha okay uh i'm gonna hit you up with another question here a little completely off track or just off of what we're talking about here okay. uh what would it take for you to go off the grid for let's say a month no phone no email um oh, easy. first of all do you think you could do that and second of all you know what would it take oh easy Bring me to a, an island in the South Pacific <laughs> with a surfboard, three kites, a fishing rod, and a harness, and some sunscreen. <laughs> and I would, I would be there for. I could do that for probably six months, maybe a. Book. And not be connected at all. I mean, not be connected. Wow. Right. See, I, f- I find that hard. I find it hard to go off the grid. Um, and I don't, I don't know what it is, maybe. And I've talked about it before, but I, I think I just, I don't know. I mean, I think I have, I feel like I have too many connections to people. Um, I, I kind of feel somewhat obligated that I really have to, I have to keep in touch with folk. I don't know. Maybe that's a, it's a strange kind of you know, thing like to, a, to think like about. Like you're the, a parental figure with them. Like you would be worried about them and maybe have access to you because they depend on you for, you know, to be there for them. That's, you know, that's very possible. I'm also an extrovert too. So I do kind of require that external uh, stimulation. Um, Would you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert or? I'm more of an introvert, but I can be an extrovert, but growing up, I was, I was fine to be on my alone alone and, and I'm fine to be by myself. You know, I do a lot of things kind of by myself, like Gracie doesn't go see movies. Like, How can you go see movies by yourself? I'm like, I'm going to see movies all by myself. How can you go drink by yourself? Well, you know, at the bar, you know, I'm not hiding at home. Well, yeah, you know, I'll meet somebody at the bar, you know, that's how I make friends, you know, meet interesting people, you know, <laughs> interesting, but okay. yeah, I'm, I could like, I like going camping and just being away and and I'm good with that. I'm just because that's part of like uh, I don't know being the adventurer. Like you gotta be out there and like and just you and yourself and you know a backpack or kites or you know and you, you gotta be okay. ready for that. Gotcha. Do you um? What is your sort of do you, if you were to if George had a mission statement or a philosophy, what would you what would it be? like george is now a corporation there's george's name on the wall and the caption or the statement underneath would read 
Every day, be the best person you can be. Okay. Okay. Like if and you that's best sort of yesterday, then do it again today. But be the best that you can be for today. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I have a deep question coming up here for you. And deep yeah. cuts. <laughs> deep cuts. Deep cuts with Aerie. Um, okay. So I'm gonna make you bleed. <laughs> I'm gonna make you. Well, we'll this just, is gonna we'll require a little a bit of. Or two, right. Right. <laughs> yeah, a mental <laughs> muscle. Um. So, uh, weirdly enough, I got this um this question from uh, Newt Gingrich, which. Yeah, that was bizarre. Odd. I remember in your podcast. I'm like, because I had this shirt from Jello Biafra that said Newt hates me. I was rocking that I think, from 1996 <laughs> to like 2021. <laughs> outstanding outstanding so uh the question is this am i hunting antelope or am i hunting field mice now the sort of yeah. premise of that being um you know an uh so you're a lion and you're on the hunt and you can easily catch and eat many field mice but doing so sort of exceeds the kind of caloric content of the mouse itself. So, you know, a lion can spend his day hunting and eating field mice, but in the long run, you would starve. You get that, you know, immediate thing, you know, immediate, uh, okay, I'm good, but now I need another field mouse, another one, another one. Um, so, you know, a lion needs an antelope. Antelope, they're but they're bigger. They take more time and strength and effort and... You know, you don't always catch them, but once you do catch them, they can provide a feast for, you know, a lion and and uh, her pride. So and honestly, you can a lion can live a long and happy life on a diet of antelope. So the distinction is, is are you spending your time um, and exhausting all your energy catching field mice in the short term uh, or do you feel like you're you're knocking antelope out? Yeah, I remember I did some homework on this question after listening to your podcast, and I was like, hmm. I had a couple inter interpretations of it. Okay, um, it's like uh, so one interpretation that I thought about it, you know, was like something like, I don't know, do you do something every day to, um. I don't know, because it, 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 the connotation seems to be like there could be a lot of like things that you do, like field mites. Well, what do you do to keep um, short term, uh, what do you call it? Short term kind of um, manifestations, short term kind of, um, I don't know, uh, 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 rewards. Like, I need a short term reward to make me feel good. Like one example mm -hmm. is right. what I'm thinking, like some things to make you feel good, like right now. And like, I was talking to my work with like really great people at work and they're all Star Wars fans. So it was Wednesday morning and we <laughs> awesome. got this meeting and we're just hanging out. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go watch Mando. I'm going to go watch Book of Boba Fett right now. So I right. went to him like, right. dude, if you do that, that's the best your day is going to get. And <laughs> it's not going to get any better from that point. And you know that. You know, I, I can make some, I know you quite a bit and I know what your day is going to be like. 
And that means it right now, when you watch Book of Boba Fett, right before you have to teach all day, that's as good as your day is going to get. So you're not going to have anything to look forward to. Like, I don't know. I, I, he may, but, you know, I kind of know him. Like, because that's, he would be stoked. I'm like, he's like, I know, I know. But I want it now. <laughs> you know, so it's right. like, I think right. of your analogy with the field mice is like little stuff like that. Instead of like, you know, you get little rewards for mo- your motivation throughout the day instead of like banking them for a big reward that you can live off for a while. Is that kind of like what you think, how you would say your question is related? Yeah. So you can apply this to, to whatever you want. So let's, let's apply this to uh, work, work. Are you, are you, you know, celebrating the, um, are you celebrating the little victories? Uh, during the day, you know, um, but they're not sort of fulfilling you or are you chasing the antelope? Are you, are you, yeah, exactly. Banking up or are you, um, working towards the big goal that, you know, will sort of feed the family and and feed your soul for longer, for longer. Well, I think, but of course it obviously takes more to, to, to kill the antelope, right. Or to, to get the bigger thing. Well, I think in some kind of like service jobs, like there's not really one big goal. I mean, you to be your best self at that point, you know, and try to be, try to like give good energy and, you know, and give people like positive outcomes or pathways to positive outcomes. And it's just kind of a fortitude thing. Because in education, there's really no goal. I mean, yeah, you have those tests at the end of the year, but they don't really count because they're written for, you know, nobody can even understand these questions anyway. So, and then there's really (laughs) no like big corporate, um, you know, end of the year, you know, contract that we got. Oh, we're all working towards getting this contract. No, there's none of that in education. It's just kind of um, showing up and doing the best i mean you got little like goals that but that you can do you know like but and there's but there's not enough resources if you were to think that way you wouldn't last too long in education i don't think if you were looking for a big payout a big goal because it's not about that it's about you know making just because you know you get kids that the every year the same and you bring them up a level you bring them up a level you know whether you right. do your best emotionally you do your best academically within them you know and but it's more of a fortitude thing than it is like a, an outcome but then otherwise when i think about it like this in my own life um, i was just about to say what about is, your personal life yeah there is dragons to slay and i think about instead of like the, of getting the antelope you work to slay the dragon and then you live for a long time. Like me going to college and, you know, getting a good job and getting or getting a job that I'm able to, you know, live in a, in a way that I want to live. That's slaying the dragon, you know. Um, right, right. Ha- raising, get, having a successful relationship and raising a child successfully. Um, that's kind of a dragon to slay. Um, but 
you know, it seems like, yeah. And, or like, like I said before, like, you know, learning how to fly the airplane, um, was a dragon or was an antelope, um, learning, getting, getting noticed by an agent for my CD that I wrote and wanted to pay for a tour. That was like a dragon and, you know, that I could live off or antelope I could live off for a long time. Getting my, all the kite gear at cost and knowing how to, and having the time and skills to do what I want with it. That, you know, was another antelope, but, you know, I kind of feel now I don't, I've got all my antelopes, you know, it's now it's time right. to, right. I don't know if I just reach that. It's like I retire in three years and well, I'm not from one job. I'm, I'm going to be doing another job, but it won't be going to work every day. It'll be online teaching college, you know, gotcha. so, but it will be gotcha. a, definitely a transition to an easier thing. But I feel like I don't really have any right now, any antelope to hunt. I think I got like enough. I'm happy. And, to. You know, I don't really have anything to, I don't know, like, I've kind of got that retired kind of mind where there's really nothing else. I just want to enjoy and have adventures for the rest of my days. <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> wow, George, you're, uh, boy, you're in a good place mentally. <laughs> yeah. I have to say. Yeah. By the way, what um, what was the band's name and CD for? Is that something you want um, to share or? Oh yeah, the band name is Easy Diamond, and it's because the uh, other my partner in the band, his name was um, his last name was Diamond. I thought that was a kick-ass last name, you know. And Easy then we, one of our most requested cover songs was "Don't Ease, Don't Ease" by the Grateful Dead. So we kind of like nice. well, easy, you know, Easy Diamond. So it all kind of and it was it had a little ring to it. And the Easy CD doesn't Diamond. really have a name. It was a it was an EP with like I think we had five songs. I had three of my songs and then two of my, the other bandmates songs that were on there. I'll have to look that up. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I got to awesome. find it. I mean, I had, we had a MySpace page a long time ago for it. And, oh, wow. and although, you, although you can find MySpace, like, and I've been I'm looking and I thought I had the, the MP3s in the computer, but Tanya lost them. And then I have it on oh, CD no. somewhere. Like I have all the sheet music, you know, from all the, and my song books, but I don't, I can't find the actual like recording anymore. So right, I know I have right. it somewhere. It wouldn't have gotten thrown out. You know how when you put CDs into other CD cases, you know, if yes, you can't find that the CD happens case, a lot. That's what happened. Yeah. And I have yeah. like 1,500 CDs in the oh attic my God. of the garage that I have yet to go through to find out. So I haven't, it's in there somewhere. I just got to like, there's a, open There's an antelope right there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There's an antelope. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, That's right. your next, next antelope. You gotta there you catalog go. those uh, 1500 CDs. <laughs> well, I guess I think of antelopes as like not like not dragons. You know, dragons take years to hunt down and train. Antelopes may take a week, right, <laughs> or at least a day of going through CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Awesome, George. I uh, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, oh yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, no worries. I just um. I, I find you interesting, so I thought I would uh, I'd hit you up and get you on here. So right on. I do it can be interesting yeah, man. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. We will have to uh we'll have to do this again soon. Yeah, definitely. All right. If Thanks, George. Appreciate any it. kind of panel like um podcast, let me know too. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely bring you in. 
definitely bring in because I uh, I want to explore the whole um, uh, Star Wars thing and and because you're you're a big nerd from what oh, I yeah, uh, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have Star Wars and UFOs and we got that whole thing to to knock out one of these days. So well, yeah, I got a story for you about the the UFO um, airport at Mount Adams over the summer. Oh man, we almost got kicked out because we were vaccinated. It's a long story, but it was very wow. <laughs> Definitely for the next one, Medi. For the next one, <laughs> Definitely appreciate it, George. 